I expect every week when you come in for you to be changed. I expect the Word of God to change you. I expect you to become better and do more and go further than you've ever dreamed imaginable. Amen. Get your Bibles out and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to talk about this morning the house you live in. The house that you live in. And we're not talking about the physical house at the address with the mailbox. When we talk about your body, we talk about the house that you live in. And you'll see where we're going and you're going to be blessed immeasurably. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. We know that if our earthly house, this tent, Paul calls his body a tent, he's a tent maker, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. We who are in this tent groan being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up of life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us his spirit as a guarantee. So we're always confident, knowing that while we're at home in our body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And we're confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Paul starts this off by saying that his body is the house he lives in. Hey, Della. You understand that most Christians consider themselves a body. You're not a body. You're a spirit. You don't identify with your body. When people ask me how old I am, they're asking me how old my body is. That's not me. I'm a kid in a house. I don't identify myself by the house I live in. I ask um, to put this up, um, put us a house up there, a good two-story house. That'd be a nice house to live in. But if you lived in that house, you are not a house. When someone asks you how you're doing, don't tell them how the house is doing. That has nothing to do with the house. Now, you understand that you could have a house. What do you, how old do you reckon that house is? Let's just throw it out there and say it's 100 years old. Well, that doesn't mean the guy that lives there is 100 years old. He might be 30. Now, one thing about a house, you can always tell what the person who lives there is like. If the house is painted and the windows are not broken and the lawn is mowed, you can pretty much figure out that whoever lives there is doing well. The fact that he has a million-dollar house, he's doing well. 
That doesn't make him house. Let's say for a minute that we came by and all the weeds were growing up and the lawn was high and the windows were busted. That is not a reflection on the house. That's a reflection on who's in it. That means the person in it is either uh, uh, they don't care or they're sick. Maybe it's an old man. Maybe he fell and, and broke his leg, and maybe he needs somebody to come along and help him a little bit. Let me tell you something. Your life on the exterior is a 100% reflection of how you are doing spiritually. You want your body to do better? You're, the real issue is your spirit. Not your body. You can fix the house up and, and still have a broke leg. You can, you can be messed up. But listen, if, if you want the house to look like a mansion, you're going to have to do something with the man inside. The man inside, whether he's rich or whether he's poor, the house reflects that. Your life is reflection of the real you. You can't jump inside and say, I'm full of joy, and your body sits there and doesn't move. Does not happen. Your body is only responding to the man inside. So often we're too concerned about the bushes. We need to make sure the man inside's taken care of. So Paul does not call himself the house. He said he lives in a house. You live in a body. Eternity has already begun for you. You're not going. Listen, people say this all the time. I wish Christians would stop. When I die, you're not a body. You, Jesus said, if you believe in me, you'll never die. There's coming a day when you'll step out of this tent and you'll step into the presence of God and you'll get a brand new body and you're returning, but you will go on for all eternity. I'm talking about the real you. Your life is not, you're not going to be more righteous. You're not going to be more blessed. You're not going to be more holy when you die. So if you're waiting to die to get a mansion, why don't you get one now? Death does not make you a better Christian. If God needed the devil to make to get you healed, why are you waiting to die to have no no sickness? Why are you waiting to die to have a nice place to live or nice clothes to wear? Come on. As your spirit goes, so you go. All right. Now, now go, go, go to same, same page, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, just verse 7. We have a treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. Where is this treasure of God? It's on the inside of you. I wish to God the church believed that Jesus was in you. I wish to God you believed that Christ lived inside you. Because if he lives inside, he's backslidden. 
God is not the one hindering your forward. If there is a house dilapidated and Jesus Christ moved in it, within a year it would have new carpet, a brand new countertop, brand new toilets, brand new sink, brand new refrigerator. It would be painted. The driveway would be, would be new. The yard would look good. Listen, you, Jesus doesn't move into a house without bringing heaven with him when he comes. He's supposed to have brought heaven with you when he came into your life. He's supposed to have changed everything in your natural broke life to bless it. Thy will be done on earth just exactly like it is up in heaven. Not someday when you leave your body. Oh, you're get me fired. I'm just going to get fired up here. All right, let me, let me, let me finish reading. Let me finish. Catherine can't wait until I finish reading this. She's like, yeah, let's go, baby. Let's go. Verse 16, therefore we don't lose heart, although our outward man is perishing. Well, I understand that your body is not going to live forever this side of heaven. I'm aware of that. You should be aware of that. But that doesn't mean it has to be broken. There's something wrong with a house, something wrong with a man inside. What's going on in your life is totally because of how you are spiritually. If you're strong in the Lord and the power of his might, your body, your finances, your mind will be sharp. I'm not losing my mind because I'm getting older. I still have the mind of Christ. I don't sit around talking about I'm getting older. I can't remember nothing. God is real old. And he still remembers everything. You don't have to get senile and ignorant. I'm going to give you a vision now. I'm trying to impregnate you with a vision of victory and dominion while you're walking this earth. Yeah, there's coming a day. Yeah, there's coming a day when you're going to lay it aside. And nobody said you ever had to die sick. Who told you you had to get sick to die? Won't you just leave your body and move on? I'm going to get... I'm going to get in your head today and get you thinking straight. I believe in victory all the time. I believe in winning all the time. Every time. I mean, I believe in winning every battle. You, let me tell you something. Some of you have seen me go through battles with the devil. You understand I don't care. You know what that means to me? I'll whip him one more time and my faith will be stronger than it ever was. I'm not afraid of flunking a test. I know where the book is. I know how to study. I'm not afraid of, of, a, of a defeat. That doesn't make me defeated. I'm not defeated no matter what challenge I'm going through. I'm not getting defeated inside because then it's going to show up in the house. Okay, glory to God, Jesus. Go to Romans 8. Go to Romans 8, 
And I'm expecting you to say amen and better than the first service. I couldn't hardly, I threatened to give them coffee and they shut up more because they thought, well, if we get free coffee, <laughs> now I'm not going to give them any coffee. Now, now, yeah, Robert was shouting. Robert was shouting. <laughs> Kathy, Robert was shouting. Now, look at this verse. Look at this verse. Verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, are you serious? Boy, I wish we believed it. It, The same Holy Ghost went down in the region of the damned, raised Jesus' spirit from the dead, came and grabbed his whipped, beat-up body, filled him with the Holy Ghost, stepped out, and didn't even limp. Had no recollection he had been beat by Romans for three, just beat the ever-loving H out of him for hours and hours and nailed him to a cross. But once his life hit his body, it recovered. Whole body became normal. Spirit of God is inside of Jesus. He's the same spirit, same Holy Ghost, same Holy Ghost living on the inside of me right now. I'm going to tell you, this house ain't getting dilapidated. This house ain't staying down. This house ain't, ain't getting broke. I ain't having no broke windows and weeds in the yard. Some of y'all looking at me like a dog in a new bowl. Get used to it. God's preparing you for the days ahead when the world is going to look at you and say, what you got? What you got? You say the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells on. Greater is he that is inside of me than all the devils of hell. Now, I'm going to talk about praying for people right now, and I don't want y'all to get mad at me. Just don't get mad. We bring in Annie and Kevin and and Annie Durant. If you are not where you need to be spiritually, get in the healing line and don't get in condemnation. I'm bringing them in because some people are not going to get where I'm talking about right now overnight. Do not stay out of the healing line because of pride. But after you get up in the healing line and someone uses the anointing to get you healed, work toward getting to the place where the anointing on you is so strong, it affects your body and everybody around you. If you're not there, if you're not there, do not, don't walk up and go, I'm not getting in a healing line. Pastor done talked about everybody. No, I didn't. You sue, you goofy thing. I've had times when I've walked up and said, lay your hands on me. I'm not pretending like I'm, 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 I'm on it all the time, but when I have a bad day, it's a moment. I grab a Bible and go, oh, you won't whoop me. I'm getting back up from here. I'm also not too proud to have someone pray for me, but I have a goal. for the life in me to do in my body what it did when Jesus rose from the dead. He didn't go to Peter and say, y'all lay hands on me. I just rose from the dead and I'm still having a little bit of trouble with what that wet Roman he whooped me pretty darn good back there. Didn't happen. They stoned Paul to death. Stoned him to death. They prayed for him. He got back in the city and said, yeah, I hadn't finished my sermon. 
That ought to scare the heebie-jeebies out of you. A guy you just killed came walking back into church. Man, this man is running around with something on the inside of him. It ain't like, like everybody else I ever met in my life. Don't you know that this Jesus scared the mud out and said, I thought we killed him. Well, you did. It didn't work real well. The tomb, he, he just borrowed it. He didn't need it for very long. You know, I went to the hospital one time, and the Lord said to me when I was leaving, he said, get your Bible, you're going to need it. I'm waiting on him to heal me, and I'm going, well, I need a Bible for He said, you got a lot to learn. Listen, set, don't, 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 don't cry when you have a fight. Just ask God, what is it that I need to know right now? Sometimes God wants you to learn something. Mm-hmm, preaching pretty good. Now, I was in there for a while, and when I came out, it took a little longer for me to get my healing, but I thought, I sure learned a lot. Can I tell you one of the things that I've learned battling with sickness more than anything else? Get your love walk straight. Yeah, I found out if you're going to be mean, you're not going to be very healthy. Never mind. Amen. Sometimes God will let the devil whoop you a few little bit so you'll sit back and go, is there something I need to be learning right here? Okay. Don't get mad. That's why the Baptists say God's trying to teach you something. He didn't cause it. You caused it. He's just going to stop and go, well, let's work on this. How'd you get in that mess? Sometimes my kids would come home and go, Dad, my car's broke. And I go, Why? I was on the side of the road down there. Why? Well, I want you to come fix it. No. You tow it, and then you go back and don't get in that mess again. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. You don't change the oil in your own car. That, you, you might want to learn something this time. Check your water and your radiator. It's smoking on the side of the road. And how long has it been doing that? Oh, a week. Really? I ain't coming to get you. You know, after you let the world whoop your kids a few times, they'll straighten up. Now, I know good and well my dad ain't coming to get me. I might as well walk home. I can, but it wouldn't be good for you if I bail you out every time. Mm, Shonda, fill the anointment. All right. He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to what? Your body. To your what? Your body. You have everything inside of you. You have everything you need living on the inside of you. Let me explain. I'm going to use a word here. The church today has learned, the people in this earth have learned to develop their mind. Go to school, and you've learned to develop your mind. And many people today have learned to develop their body, whether sports, karate, kung fu. But rarely do you meet people who have learned to develop their spirit. But that has to happen because the superior part of you
Where did that come from? Where, why did we get there? Well, when Adam sinned, his spirit man was separated from God, and natural man developed his mind and his body. He didn't have spirit to develop. And they started colleges, and you're sending your kids to them. That's not, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that to a degree. They can only develop your kids to a point. And they'll leave as dumb as the professor. Professor can't take them where the professor's never been. Caroline Leaf, I guess she's a psychologist, right? Is that right? She's like a, I don't know what she is. What's she called? Neuroscience. She, she, even though she was educated, she said, as a spirit-filled Christian, there's more than I've been taught. So she opened a Bible. And she found out that man has a brain, but he also has a mind. She took kids that were born retarded with a brain and took them through college. How? She educated their mind, not their brain. She said, the brain's not limiting you. Every child has a mind. And she proved you could develop your mind even if you didn't have a brain. That is good for some people to know. You are dumber than a rock. You can be dumb as a rock and still grow and develop. I was raised in Georgia. That doesn't hinder you if you'll develop your mind. Well, I'm from Kentucky. That don't hinder you either. Are you all out there or do you go home? Listen, so she, she proved that you could develop your mind. But I'm going to tell you there are men who have walked the earth that have developed their spirit man. What you can do spiritually is a thousand times greater than what you would ever accomplish mentally. Wow. Jesus did. Let's go to Joshua 14. Let's go to Joshua 14. I'm expecting you to get excited today. If not, I'm going to lock the doors and not let you out, even without coffee. Coffee doesn't fix everything, but it sure is a good boost in the morning, so. Joshua 14. Now, all of you older people, pay attention. Verse 6 The children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal. Caleb, the son of Jethaniah the Kizanite, said to him, you know the word of the Lord, said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. I brought back word to him that was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So his heart was right with God. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and life and death. Listen, listen, 
Your spirit man is far more important to life than your education. Not against education, but don't become an educated idiot. We have a whole place called Washington, D.C. with people who are dumber than rocks but educated. They couldn't tell you the difference between a boy and a girl. That's pretty dumb. A mirror would fix that. One small mirror. You might be laughing, but in Washington, it's no laughing matter. My boy feels like a girl today. You're dumber than your kid. Whoever thought we'd get here in America? And what scares me is it's getting worse. Keep the light on. <laughs> Motel 8, you just leave the light on. Just leave your light on. Moses swore on that day, surely the land where your foot is trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now I am this day 85 years young, and as yet I am as strong this day as the day Moses sent me, just as as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both going out and coming in. Therefore, give me this mountain. His body is reflecting his heart. He's young inside. The greater one lives inside of you. I understand that your body is getting older time. But the Bible says that your spirit, man, is renewed day by day. That means that I'm as young today as the day I got born again. Lisa refers to me as one of her boys, and she's correct. I never grew up. And I have no intention of growing up now. Now, don't get mad at me, seniors. Don't, please don't get mad. No. The reason you don't see me in seniors' meetings, I'm not senior. I, 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 don't, I don't even understand. You know, when someone told me I was 70, the, the, I was shocked. I went, that's old. When my grandfather was 70, he was an old man. But I am not some, I don't know what happened, but I just cannot go down that road. Have no intention of going down that road. I'll be deer hunting in the mountains of Tennessee until Jesus takes me home. Uh, are y'all out there? Do you go home? I'm not. Ah, that mountains are tall. That'll defeat you right there. That mountain ain't nothing. That hill ain't nothing. Now, I hate exercising, but I love deer hunting. So Lisa's found out the best way to get me exercising is take me to Tennessee and let me chase a deer around two weeks. She said, I can't wait till you come home. You'll be stronger than you are now. Absolutely. You should send me back more often. 
And Alaska would be a real good place to get me some exercise. I, <laughs> I, just, I just think riding a bike down the road is boring. Second Samuel 23. I didn't say that your body wouldn't challenge you, but you need to speak to it. No, you're not going down that road. Stop it. If Old Testament guy can still whip you at 85, what could a New Testament God do to you? <laughs> I told a guy one time, I said, I can't, I, if I whip you, I have to do it quick. <laughs> but I can do, still do it. I got in a fight with a boy in the, in the islands, and we were wrestling, and I got out of breath a little bit. And I knew I had to use my brains to beat him. And I did. I picked him up and body slammed him over my knee and rolled him over and jumped on his back. And right before I, I, I said, that's about all I got right there. <laughs> but he forgot that old man's smart. Never mind. <laughs> never mind, never mind. Some of y'all listening to Pukkishan, I'm going to go to the book. Glory to God, Second Samuel. Second Samuel 23. I love this story. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And I love it for a reason. 23.8. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Now help me with names. Josheb Bathshebeth. That's good to you. I like it too. The Tachmanite. Sounds like a Camaro to me. I don't know. Chief among the captains, he was called Adono the Esnite. You know, as bad as he is, you don't want to make fun of his name when you get to heaven. Are you, the, are you that Adio dude? Okay. After him was Eli. Okay. He was called Adono the Esnite because he killed 800 men. Now, you can't read that and go, Shondai. Okay. Now, let, see, listen to me. I, I enjoyed Bruce Lee. I, I didn't like his movies. His movies were chintzy. But anyway, he's, he's a bad dude. I, he could whoop any three men. That's natural. This ain't natural. This exceeded Kung Fu by a long shot. Eight. I couldn't kill 800 cows with a knife if they weren't moving. <laughs> It'd be quite a feat, much less if they're fighting with you. Something happened, and what I'm trying to show you, this is Old Testament. David is a type of Jesus. The anointing came on Jesus, came on David. And he transferred that anointing to everybody who came underneath him. We're going to, I'm going to show you in a minute that the same anointing on Jesus came on you. 
for what reason? To make you supernatural. You're not natural man. If you stay in the natural, all you'll ever be is natural. All you'll ever be is natural. But if I could ever get you to become spiritual, if God could ever get his church to realize you're a spirit, you have a soul, live in a body, you can develop your spirit beyond anything. Nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible to Jesus. And he's a prototype of a new creation, which would be you. I love the rest of this. I got to read it because I, I read this often and go, we're going to make a movie one day. This, we can't even use Jet Li. He ain't that good. You understand if we made a movie like this, people would go, can't happen. It did. That's why I don't worry about what's going on in Israel right now. That covenant's still working. You ain't whooping them. I don't care if everybody in the planet comes down against them. God is going to rain hellfire and brimstone right out of heaven and kill everybody in the army. You're not going to take the land again. Somebody needs to wake up and go, you can't defeat these people. I often wish I was over there. I'd love to get the troops and just preach this to them. Verse 9, Eleazar the Dodo, the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men, David, they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for a battle in Israel. All the people retreated except for this, this man, one man all by himself. Whooped the whole Philistine army by himself. This is still Old Testament. He arose and attacked the Philistines till his hand was weary. His hand stuck to the sword, and the Lord brought about a great victory, and the people returned that day only to plunder. People come back and get all the stuff after you've killed everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and after him was Shema. This is my favorite one. The son of Agi, the Herorite. The Philistines gathered together and to a troop, and there was a piece of ground full of lentils. It's just beans. But they're my beans. They're my beans. I'm not giving you my beans. I'm not quitting for anybody. You ain't having my beans. If I want my beans, I planted these beans. This is my business. This is my house. This is my home. This is my family. I'm not, no, you're not. I will whip everybody that comes. Even if no one stands with you. You, are a, you and God are a majority. And he stood and stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. And the Lord brought about a great, great victory. I, here's another one I love. Verse 20. And Benaniah was the son of Jet, somebody, the son of a valiant man from Kezreel who had done mighty deeds. He killed a lion-like hero of Moab who'd gone down and killed a lion. He, he's walking down the road and there's a lion trapped in a pit. And he just jumps in on it and kills it. Why, who jumps in on a lion just to pick a fight with it? That's some bad dudes, but we're, we're still not up to the status of Jesus. Yeah. 
All right, now I got, I got more to preach right now. I'm, I, got, I got somewhere I got to go here. So we're going to go another little direction right now. Are you all ready? We're talking about natural, natural things. Go, go to uh, 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 2 Samuel 23. No, I did that. No, we did that. 2 Chronicles 1. Second Chron- First, yeah, 2 Chronicles 1. Is it okay if I make you a little bit mad? Just, I mean a little bit. I mean just, just a tiny bit. I won't make you real mad. Just a tiny bit. Second Chronicles 1.6. Solomon went up from there in the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of meeting and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. On the night, God appeared to Solomon and said, Ask, what shall I give you? Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to David, my father, to have made me king in this place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David be my father established, for you have made me king over people like the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people who can judge this great people of yours. And God said to Solomon, Because this was in your heart, you have not asked for riches or wealth, not honor nor life of your enemies, nor have you asked for long life. You've asked for wisdom and knowledge yourself that you may judge my people over whom I made you king. Then wisdom and knowledge are granted to you, and I'm going to give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings before or ever after shall ever have. Wisest man in the earth. And listen, now here's here's why I'm not. He didn't go to school. I'm not anti-school. If you're going to be a lawyer, you must learn about laws and and all kind of stuff. If there's things you need to go to school for, they're going to educate your head, but they will not put you over in life. Amen. They don't have the ability to do it. We bought a lie right out of the world. We bought a lie right from the world that you all had to go to college in order to be successful. Completely wrong. Go to college if God says go to college, but don't think it's going to put you over. The greatest thing that will ever happen to you is for you to go to God and pick up a Bible and read it and pray in the Holy Ghost, and you'll be ten times smarter than all of your teachers. Now listen to what I'm going to tell you right now, because what I'm telling you has been proven. Mark Hankins, when he was a 17-year-old boy, tells the story of how Brother Hagin came to his church and told him to pick up his Bible and pray in the Spirit and pray the prayers in Ephesians over himself. When he went to Southwestern, he got in an argument with every professor because he was already smarter than all of the people teaching the school. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. The Bible will make you smarter than anybody else walking the planet. Put the Bible down and you just be dumb. Ain't nobody smarter than God. Most Christians have completely neglected the, the development of your spirit, man. You're a spirit. Develop it. Develop the mind of Christ. Now, I'm going to show you another scripture. Well, y'all went quiet on me, but I'm thinking maybe you're listening because I'm hearing cogs turning. Put some oil on it. Put some tongues. Put some oil on them cogs. Second Chronicles 9. Go to, verse, go, to, go, to, go to chapter 9, verse 1. The queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon. She came to Jerusalem to test Solomon with hard questions, having a great retinue. Lisa? Retinue. retinue. Camels? 
that bore spices, gold in abundance, precious stones. When she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. Solomon answered all her questions. This is one smart cat. And it all happened in 30 seconds. The anointing will make you brilliant. The Holy Ghost will make you brilliant. Boy, I can't even, I cannot overemphasize this. I've had more words of knowledge over commodes than people. I said this in the first service, and I'm going to say it again. I have never in my life looked at a mechanical problem that I didn't know how it was built and how to fix it. And I didn't go to, I didn't go to school to be a mechanic. Kenny will tell you it happens to him all the time. I have the mind of Christ. One day I'm working on my Supersport 396 and I'm underneath the dash and the windshield wipers, I'm pulling the switch, that old switch to turn it on. They're, the windshield wipers aren't coming on. And I took a meter and I'm testing and there's power on it. And I did something really cool. I prayed. I said, Lord, what's with it? And he drew a schematic in my soul and explained the wiring harness of a Supersport. He said, son, this works on the ground. He said, you need to ground this switch. And that's what's happened and why it's not turned. And I grounded it and the windshield wipers came on. Is that right, Kenny? That's absolutely. See, I, but see, I didn't, know, I, did, I didn't know that. I found out I can tap God's brain. Yeah. That's, you should learn to tap he knows all about the stock market. He knows everything about everything. Shonda. I went uh, one, one night when I was a maintenance man. See, they made me the head of maintenance. I didn't know anything about maintenance. But I never saw a faucet or a toilet I couldn't fix by the Holy Ghost. Never. I never but after a few months of working, I had everything in an apartment figured out. I never went to school. Didn't need to go to school. I just pray in tongues. So one night they called me out, and I had a, a urinal in an office building that was running. It was just flushing water, and, and water's running all over the floor. And they called me about 2 o'clock in the morning, and I went down there, and I walked in, and I went, Oh, brother, what in the world? I said, Lord, what, what, what do I need to do? He said, hit it with a wrench. I went, do you have another idea? You know, hit it with a wrench. It's like, that's not God. That's the devil. No hitting. So I prayed a little longer. I said, oh, what do I do about it? He said, hit it with a wrench. I went, oh, son, just hit it. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. Ain't nobody in here. They're not going to go see you hit it. And I pulled the wrench out and bam, whapped it, and, and, the, and, the, and the water quit. And I went, oh, glory to God. And I went home. I said, I don't want to be here all night working on a stinking urinal. I don't even know where the cutoff valve is to this whole building. That's a big problem. 
And so the next day I called a plumber and I said, what gives? He said, oh, the flapper in it. He said, the best thing to do is just hit it with a wrench. <laughs> this is a professional. I already had a professional living on the inside of me. I've had a couple of people. I said, God, can I hit them with a wrench? What do you think about fixing that? Just whack them with a wrench. He said, no, I don't want you to hit them with a wrench. Are y'all listening? We're walking around with the same Holy Ghost that got Jesus out of hell. How is it we're defeated? Because we've never learned to develop our spirit. Remember the 800 guys? I know that school will make you smart, but it won't make you that smart. You'll be 800 times smarter than anybody in the profession you're in. You can know more about it. I'm going to say something right now and make some of you mad. I've forgotten more Bible than most preachers know. And I'm from Georgia. But I've never, never sought to understand anything in my Bible that the Holy Spirit didn't show me. Never. Glory to God, that's good. Makes me think I should have played the stock market. Never mind, I know I'd rather do this, I'd rather do this. Go to Matthew 12, 42, and let's just pop it on the screen. I'm going to show you this. Oh, I never read that. Yeah. The queen of the south will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and indeed a greater. Who's greater than Solomon? Jesus. You don't get greater than Jesus. You don't get smarter than Jesus. If Jesus is a prototype of a new creation, how smart should you be? Very. Beyond your intellect. Beyond your ability. Are you thinking? When we use the term, greater is he that is inside of me, and he that is in the world. Now let me make a statement to you about developing. Developing is a process. I wished it wasn't, but it is. This next generation, my son Justin, will do more than I've done. Now here's why. Because when I came out of Rama, I had to use a bulldozer. There was no such thing as a word church. There was no such a thing. We were a cult. Nobody believed in the Holy Ghost. Nobody believed in faith in God. Nobody believed in the anointing. Nobody. Not in this town. It took a while. I had to cut down trees and plow and move stuff. And I'm going to tell you something. I've done my job. I'm not done yet. But now listen, this younger generation can take off where we are and do more than we've ever done. 
Jack Coe developed his faith so strong in healing that he'd snatch tumors off people's faces. Can it be? Listen, we have a whole generation that needs to study John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth and say, we will go here. Can I challenge you? Get to the place where every time you lay your hands on a sick person, the anointing of God comes out of your spirit and hits them in their body and drives diseases out. Get yourself, get yourself, develop, develop yourself, develop your spirit, man. I, 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 live a, I live differently than most people. When I want to know where some clothing is, I pray. I've had God go, the, the jacket you're looking for is at Dillard's in Sanford on the lower rack, the last one, when you walk in the west door. And I got on my motorcycle, and I went to the store, and I walked in, and the jacket was hanging there. That's you, you really want to live like this. You want to know where the next deal is financially. You want to know which house to buy and which not to buy. You want to know who to marry and who not to marry. You want to know things on the supernatural. Jesus never lacked financially. He had, if he needed tax money, he just sent Peter out to get a fish. Listen, there's, there's wealth. There's all, God has so much. And we are living on such a low level, most preachers are preaching head to head to congregations. Rarely do you meet a man that has spent so much time with God that when he stands up in a pulpit, his spirit is so full of God that he's talking spirit to spirit and you leave church fed. Copeland did it. Brother Hagen did it. John G. Lake did it. I'm on my way. I've had a couple of hiccups. Don't, don't, get, don't get holy on me. If you ever get to the place where you're mightily used from God, the next person you're going to meet is the devil, and you're going to have to whip him real good more than once. Had Kenneth Copeland walked up to me in a meeting, I was going through a terrible month. Well, more than that. It was, it was terrible. And I'm sitting right dead center, right dead in the center, and he's up here preaching. And he leaned over and looked at me, and he said, you underestimated your enemy. And I went, you better believe I did. I did not know the devil was as bad as I thought. I didn't. I was ignorant of that dude. But I'm not ignorant of him now. I don't open, I don't open the door and let him, I don't let him put his toe in my soul. I don't even, uh, if I have bad thoughts, I, I don't even have bad thoughts. Well, I do. I, they, they fly over and I go, you just keep flying. Don't take the thought saying it. Don't say it. Are you all out there? The Lord is developing his church. He's developing you. You are the answer. To this generation, you say, huh, me? That's what Peter said. Yeah. Me? You bet, buddy. 
God doesn't need you to, he just needs you to be available. He'll, he'll download his spirit in you. After Peter returned to Jesus, he walked out of there so full of God, his shadow healed people. Come on. Where was I? 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Oh, it's 1201. Glory be to God. I'm supposed to be quitting sometime today. Are y'all listening? 125. The foolishness of God is wiser than man. Pray in tongues and be smarter than any Democrat or Republican. They don't have any sense. They're the reason the nation's screwed up. You're looking to them to fix it. They don't know how to fix it. God on his bad day is smarter than anybody else on the planet. God on a goofy day. When he's goofy, he's still smart. And then he said this. He has given unto you wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He gave it to you. Are you ready? Jesus made a statement. He said, could you not pray with me one hour? Listen to me. You just get Christians to start praying in the Spirit. Get her Bible out. You get a teenager the book of Proverbs and tell him to read it. You read the whole book of Proverbs. You read it. If it's the 10th day, you read Proverbs 10. And you keep him in the Word of God, praying in tongues. That kid, when, when Jordan was in high school, now you understand, he's raised my parents who were tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy rollers. And he went into a meeting one day called Christian Athletes. And Jordan is sitting in the meeting and he stands up and tells the guy leading it that everything he says is wrong. It's not in the Bible. And Jordan started preaching to him and all the kids. All of the students wanted to know where did you learn all this? Home with a tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy-rolling mom and dad. When Justin, Jordan, and Josh Brown worked at Pentair, and they will tell you this, they had grown men sitting down asking them to counsel them in marriage. 20 years old telling you how to operate in marriage because they're full of God. Boy, I'm, I'm trying to get done. I'm trying to throw you a challenge out. Corfi, get full of God. Just get full of God. Just get so full of God, the anointment just runs off your fingers. 
There's a man in Tulsa came in and met Brother Hagin and got a hold of one cassette tape, How to Be Led by the Holy Ghost. Went in. He was a businessman, and he had $200 to his name. 200 He's broke. And he said, God, where do I invest $200? And he said he would go in his closet and lay hands on it and pray. He said, from that day forward, I never one time made a bad investment. Never. One year he stood up at camp meeting and said, I'll match. Everybody's given in the building tonight. He's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. Praying in tongues. Imagine what would happen if you started praying in tongues. You'd get out of your goofy head into the mind of Christ. And it's available for anybody. For anybody. Anybody. I mean, you could be dumb and it works. You could be ignorant and unlearned and uneducated. That's the foolishness of God. But it sure has done me good. <laughs> Lisa, I'm trying to quit. I really am. Say, I learned something. Say, starting today, I'm going to educate my spirit, man. I'm going to develop it to the max. You have eternity to do it. You won't arrive while you're here. But you can sure get a lot further than we are. I don't want to do this alone. I won't, listen to me. What was the, what was the guy's name the, the, with the dreadlocks, the hair, the... Todd White. Don't you, I want, I want, I'm trying to quit, Kenny. I'm trying, I'm trying to quit. Here's a, here's a drug addict with matted hair. Sitting in a church watching the preacher pray for people. And he said, I'm going to learn to do that. I'm going to buy a guy to learn to do that. His brain is fried. He ain't got no more brain. And he began to study and meditate and learn about the anointing. Today has a worldwide ministry with people getting out of wheelchairs and blind eyes open. He, he just, he's a dope smoking crazy maniac that got filled with the spirit and developed his spirit man Kenneth Copeland was a 300 fat broke pilot Joyce Myers was a hot pants she said this B-I-T I'll stop right there I don't want you she said I was a from hell she got so full of God say there's hope for me there's hope for anybody say this my best days are ahead of me say the joy of the Lord is my strength say I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might 
Say, greater is he that's inside of me than he that is in the world. Now, you got to say that when all hell's break. You got to say that when you look like you are dumber than a rock. You're having a bad day, just go, greater is he that's inside of me than he that's in the world. One lady said, well, I just am not too smart. I said, you can have what you say. Yeah, I know, but I'm just trying to tell you I'm not too smart. I said, you can have what you say. I, she said, yeah, but pastor, I'm not too smart. I said, you can have what you say. No reason you ain't got no brains. You keep saying you ain't got no brains. I got the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God. Everything I put my hand to shall prosper. I'm blessed coming in. Him who knew no sin became sin that I might be made the very righteousness of God. Glory be to God. <laughs> I've been preaching myself happy. Whoo, Jesus is good. I'm excited about the days ahead. Woo, our best days are ahead. I mean, mm, some of the things y'all are going to do. I said, y'all, not me. I'm just preaching. We got people in this church right now that have grown so much in God. I hear reports about them leading their families to the Lord and praying for their families and getting healed. We ain't seen nothing yet. We have men in here, young men, that will easily become millionaires. Easily. Because of the wisdom of God. Solomon made, God made Solomon rich. All he asked for was wisdom. He said, huh? <laughs> that impresses me. Not only that, I'll even make you, I'll make you rich because you asked me that. I'm trying to quit. Father, thank you for this morning. Everybody in the sound of my voice. This is a room full of the sons of God the daughters of God. We are the redeemed of the Lord. We are already blessed. We already have the mind of Christ. I pray everybody in the sound of my voice would develop their spirit in man to the point to they look and walk and talk and act just like Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. amen, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's powerful. It's good to see you. <laughs> That's good. So a second ago, Pastor Darrell had us all say, I'm going to develop my spirit man. From today, I'm going to develop my spirit man. But the very first step in this journey, the very first step to developing your spirit man is becoming born again. So if you're in here and this is your first time being here or you've been here but you do not remember a time where you said, Jesus, come be my Lord and Savior. I'm not talking about you've been in church for five years, 10 years. You can be in church for 50 years and have never made Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior. So today, as the altar call workers would come up, please. Today is the day of salvation. Today, you can begin in this walk with God where you say, I am a son or a daughter of God and I have the mind of Christ. But to get there, first, you must confess Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. 
Now, this isn't just for salvation. There's another call I want to make. Pastor Daryl is, is emphasizing and really telling you how the word tells you that if you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you pray in tongues, I mean, the things, like, like he was saying, the things you could do, the places God will take you, things outside of your intellect. You might be sitting here and be thinking, man, <laughs> my life has not been going how I would want it to go. This, this isn't working out. Me doing it by my own way, by my own thoughts, whatever I was taught in school, whatever mindset I grew up with, it's not working. And so you have to get to a place where you say, Jesus is my Lord. He's master. He is actually the ruler of my life. I come to him and I ask him everything about my life. And if you would do that, your life would be the greatest it could ever possibly be. Who knows your purpose greater than the one who made you? He knows your purpose. He knows what he's called you to do. And if you want to know your purpose, you want to know what he's called you to do. Come up here today. Come up here and A, make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Get born again. B, you come up here and get filled with the Holy Ghost. You know John 3.16. A lot of y'all know John 3.16, right? For getting saved. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. You know, but there's also another scripture that says, Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. And fire. There's a whole other level. You might come here. You might have come here. This might be your first time. It might not be your first time. You might have been in other churches. You might have been in church your whole life. But there's another level that God wants to take you to. And getting filled with the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, that'll, that'll take you to that next level. And so, A, come up here to get, to get saved to know, I know I'm going to heaven. If you grew up or if you went to a church or you had the mindset of, oh, I don't know, we've gone soul winning and we've talked to many people where they say, oh, well, I don't know, only God knows. I don't know if I'll make it to heaven, only God knows. That's not what the word says. The word says you can know. And how can you know? It says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus raised from the dead and you will be saved. Not maybe, not God can choose. No, he gave it to you. You choose this day. Choose ye this day. Do you want to be blessed? Do you want to live a good life? Do you want eternal life? Then come up here and pray with either these two or these two and get saved. Amen. And two, filled with the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. You hear Pastor Daryl praying in tongues. And you, I want that. What is that? What is that language? How do I get that? Or maybe you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, but you haven't prayed in tongues in years. I've talked to people like this. I haven't prayed in tongues in years. I don't know. Prime your pump. Get up here and just pray with them. Just let them pray in the Holy Ghost with you and get built up. That's what we're here for. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We're here to pray with you. Or three, last thing, if you want agreement for anything. If you're believing God, I need a new job. I need a house. I need agreement that my, my, my family will get saved. Whatever it is, the Bible says where two or more are gathered, he's there in the midst. Ask anything and he shall give it to you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. 
And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. 